0: Hi, everybody. This is John Middendorf, pastor of OKC First, and proud to partner with my friend, Zach, to do these Unafraid podcasts. About a week ago now, I got an email I was dreading. It came from Debbie McCulloch, who runs our Zambian operation and is also the executive director of the Luca Foundation. And it said that the COVID-19 disease had finally made its way to Zambia. We spent this past summer, we spent a a couple of weeks there with our friends in Zambia and went to a couple of places that were particularly heavily populated. One was an elementary school, Kenyama. And when we we rolled out of our bus that day, somewhere around a thousand kids crowded around us, and I cannot stand the thoughts of this disease working its way through that crowded, Um, underserved, beautiful population of people. We put a roof on a building, Mississi. another very crowded, very underserved population. We put a roof on a building there. um, And I just can't stand the thoughts again of this disease making its way through that particular country with these people that we have grown to love so much for folks like Smoke Chewe and Benson Maitwa, who runs the school, we recorded this podcast back on August 19th, and for various and sundry reasons, we're looking for a good time to, to drop it. This seems like a really good time to put this out while also asking you to pray. I don't know what's on your COVID-19 prayer list, but if you would, please add Zambia and these beautiful people with beautiful smiles to your list. If you have the means to do so, and you want to help us financially support what's going on there in Zambia, you can give at LucaFoundation.org. That's L-U-K-A foundation.org. A little bit goes a long way over there, as we always say about our giving to Africa, giving to Zambia. So anything you can do will really help. I hope you'll enjoy this podcast, and I hope that you will, by the end of it, see why we love these folks so much. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome to the Unafraid Podcast, hosted on the OKC First podcast feed. My name is Zach Lucero, and I am the youth and creative pastor here at OKC First. Back to a sense of normalcy. I'm sitting in my office with the dad who refuses to let me sit on his shoulders so I can see the parade, <laughs> Senior Pastor John Middendorf. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> Hello,
0: young Zachary. You're just too, you're too big anymore. That's why we had to give this up weeks ago.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, but I just, I can't see. Okay. <laughs> I can't see All anything. Right. Um, sorry. Sorry. Maybe maybe another time. Maybe I'll catch you whenever you're in a better mood. But okay. um, uh, Or so, have better shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> broader yeah. shoulders. Yeah. Do, do shoulders get broader? Um, Let's just move on. Oh, really? Are you sure? <laughs> don't think they do, actually. Oh, I don't think so either. I think All they right. get smaller. Anyways, yeah. we are joined today by our International Ministries Pastor and Zambia Mission Team Coordinator, Debbie McCulloch. Welcome, Debbie.
2: Thank you, Zach. I'm tickled to be here.
1: Debbie,
0: tell us about yourself. Is that right? Am I supposed to do that?
1: <laughs> no, I mean like that that was sort of just like a a general guide thing. We can make it sound a little more natural. Well, I thought but...
0: you I thought you said that you were gonna do that, but then you looked at me like <laughs> <No>. but... <laughs> Without your lips moving. In, I this, has been
1: the strongest, this has been our strongest intro we've ever had. Well, we're leaving all this in, right? Uh, probably. Okay. I don't know.
0: <laughs> probably not. Debbie, I have a couple of questions.
1: Uh, tell us about
0: yourself, your family, and which of your children is your favorite? <laughs>
2: uh, well, I am a wife and a mom and a grandma. And they all think that they're my favorite. <laughs> I've actually given them a card that says... You're my favorite but don't tell anyone. Please don't tell to anyone. To each one of them. Yes, so they're all incredibly awesome and I love watching them be adults and
0: You have quite the compound out there anymore. It's,
2: yeah. It's great.
0: Yeah. Now, uh you actually changed jobs here recently too. Like I did. you're still here serving with us, but your your day-to-day job, you're you changed from what to what?
2: I changed from full time professor in the College of Nursing at SNU to director of uh, supportive housing and homeless services at City Care,
0: which sounds just like you, actually.
2: It's so much fun. Yeah, I'm. I'm two weeks in and just still tickled. I, I just can't believe I'm doing it. Yeah, it's that's a lot of fun.
0: Debbie and I have this really fun conversation because she is is one to look for the next great opportunity. But by that I mean. The next great opportunity is going to work her harder and pay her less. And so she'll say, hey, I've got a lead on a job. What do you think about this? And I'll say, well, does it work you harder and pay you less? She says, yeah. I said, well, it sounds right to me. So I sounds like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds like Sounds a lot of ministry. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: So uh, we did have that discussion after yes. the last one. Well, does it pay you less? Sounds right. Yeah. I'm sure Dale's not super happy with with all that. But what do you get to do day in and day out there in your in your new job at City Care?
2: Uh, I'm still figuring all that out. Okay. Uh, the job just keeps getting a little bigger each day. And yeah. uh, but I'm working with some really great folks that have been doing this for a long time. It's a very well established organization. So. Uh, I'm just trying to catch up. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so uh, supportive housing, they've got, I don't know, hundreds of units around the city that yeah. I'm really trying to sort that out in my head, what's what, but I'll be over that department. And then uh, homeless services, it consists of the new low barrier night shelter that will be opening this winter.
0: So great.
2: Yeah. So we're designing that and working on all those details right now. And that's just... It, incredible yeah I you mean, love
0: it you have done this kind of I mean you have worked with under privileged populations before in the city like you worked at the city rescue mission so it just sounds just like yeah, you yeah and I want to go on record saying that you're a person in that department I am trying hard to get city care to think hard about having those kinds of resources in this neck of the woods too mm-hmm. because we
1: increasingly so now I can just call you
2: you you sure can anytime. Gonna happen. Anytime. we
0: got it in. <laughs> gonna happen. I'm gonna
1: happen. So, Debbie, today we're here to talk about Zambia. We, yes, you guys just got back uh, in July. Was that when you guys got back uh, from from your from your yes. twenty nineteen Zambia trip? Yes. Can you take us through just a, b- a brief overview of of the country of Zambia? Like, what, um, where, where in Africa is it? Um, tell us about uh, sort of um, the country's, a little bit about the country's history and what's going on now and why we're there.
2: Okay, uh, Zambia is in south central Africa, so it's considered sub-Saharan. Uh, it's, it's an incredible climate. They have uh, seasons, uh, not unlike our seasons, but they've, they've got uh, the hot dry and the cool wet seasons. And uh, so it's really a beautiful country, tropical in many places, arid in other places. Um, so Zambia is a little bit larger than the state of Texas, has a population of about 14 million people. And about 1.4 of those million people uh, are orphans. And so that's why we're there. Um, honestly, we we went as a work and witness team in 2008 to partner with the church project. They were finishing a building, and we were just a regular work and witness team and just went to finish a project, you know, like many teams do. And uh, we just found we found our place there. And uh, met some really incredible people that were doing some really intense ministry in areas of extreme poverty, and it just it just drew me in immediately. I couldn't come home and forget about it and think, okay, well, we'll we'll go somewhere else next year. We'll, you know, it was. It, I just kept saying, what if we just go back to the same place? Can we do that? Right, you know. And right. so we had a lot of those conversations. Well, what if we did this? And what if we did that? And yeah. it really led us down a path of a long term partnership in zambia working with the church and that has just (laughs) exploded really and taken us to all different kinds of places and we've seen incredible work and and really heartbreaking need the needs are so vast you know every time we go we continue to see People, families, children living in extreme poverty situations that they don't have their basic needs, and it's very easy to say that we can do a project and then you know we're good. Yeah, but um,
0: it's a hard habit to break.
2: Right, we're in way deeper than that. You yeah. know we have we have made some long term promises, and yeah. these are our friends uh, that. Well, they're somewhere between friend and family member. I'm not sure how right. we're related, but right. <laughs> somehow we're… we're
0: their we... weird uncle. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when your family is hurting, you don't just go come home to your comfortable life and think about, you know, um, wow, where are we going on vacation next year? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, we really need to replace the living room carpet or those sorts of things. Uh, when your family is in great need… It sticks with you. Yeah. And you sort of rearrange the things that you think about and worry about and try to put those folks at the top of your list. So that's where we're at. So,
0: yeah. Okay. So, our partnership is so your first trip that you took folks on was in 2008. We fashioned the partnership in 2009, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we're actually in our second decade of yep. that partnership. Kind of tell us right now what are what are the main components of that partnership? Like so, when we go, what are we? And and eventually, you're going to end up talking about the nonprofit that we started that you run, and and I want you to tell us about that too, as you tell us about the scope of what we're doing currently.
2: Okay. So the the partnership with Oklahoma City First Church and the church in Zambia, the Church of the Nazarene in Zambia, which, remember, is a country, not a state. Right. So it's we're, we've partnered with a country, so right. it's it's countrywide, although most of our partnerships, uh, work, and meetings that we've had have been kind of in central and south of Zambia. So what we've done is just agreed with them that we want to work on what they're working on. Right. Uh, we have not gone in and said, Well, we really think in all of our (laughs) infinite Western wisdom that you should be doing this, that, and the other. Uh, We really have just come alongside what they're already doing and said, well, let's do that together. And so one of those things was the Conference and Training Center. They took us there in 2009, actually, when we went back with this little team of, uh, I call them experts. Uh,
0: (laughs) Five or six Five or six people, some of which were very tall.
2: Yes, very tall. (laughs) Three people were taller than nine feet. (laughs) Yeah, And (laughs) so we went back and they just toured us kind of around the country and showed us different types of projects. And one of those projects, they took us out to this farm. that's about 20 acres. And they said, you know, we've owned this. This was given to the church in 1964. And um, so it's been a property of the church for that long and we have dreams for this. We'd love to do a training center here. We would love to have a large corporate worship area where we could actually all meet together because that type of thing is cost prohibitive. They can't really afford to do that, like right. a general assembly type thing or a large worship uh, event. So, you know, they had these dreams and and we really thought, okay, that's one of the lists of the places that we were visiting at that time and we came home and after we sort of processed everything that we had seen we said well why why can't we do that together why yeah. can't we say this is what we'll do with our teams we'll always come back and we'll always help you work on this right and um, so that's what we did yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. now we've taken 9 teams and we've been working on that since Oh, since 2010, yeah, and uh, we now stay there. We live there when we're there, and it's our home. And right, you know,
0: um, it's homey. It is it home really me. is. <laughs> yep. So the first building that that we helped to build, and by the way, it has become a mantra that I think is super helpful, and I think would be helpful in other places too. Like, we do not want to create. Dependency. We want to develop their capacity.
2: Exactly. Right.
0: So their ideas always are more important than ours. Exactly. And and this this campus is a great tangible representation of that. But if I'm not mistaken, what we did first was build a dormitory that I think can eventually hold ninety some odd. Isn't that right? That's four correct. to a room, mm-hmm. twenty four rooms. Mm-hmm. But right now it holds fewer people than that because it it right now has the kitchen in it. It's the one big structure that's done for all intents and purposes, right. but just outside um, that, that door, there is a larger kitchen and a. That's the where we spent the most of our time this time working on the kitchen and another meeting area. I can't wait to sit on that patio and watch mm-hmm. the sunrise mm-hmm. with good Zambian coffee out there. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Yeah, and then just beyond that, Zach, there is. Uh, they've already started doing the the foundation work on an office building. And there will be an office there for Nazarene Compassionate Ministries uh, for the, the, the little campground itself there. Mm-hmm. Is it a campground? Are we calling that? It's a conference center.
2: Conference center. Yeah. Yes.
0: And then who else will have a, an office there? Luca. Our, we will have an mm-hmm. office there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Tell us about, oh, and then, okay, before you tell us about Luca, beyond that, there's supposed to be another, at least one, maybe two or three more dormitories. Correct. And then a convocation center that we hope, we hope, 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 will seat a 1,000 people. And that would be the main, and then lots of people will use it at that point, and they can do their youth conferences and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the project was bigger than we could as a local church handle, and so, so we formed this nonprofit to do this and other things. Tell us about LUCA and what LUCA's working on and how it came to be.
2: So LUCA International Foundation is a 501c3 that we formed in 2009. So while we were there looking at all these projects, we quickly determined that, okay, we can come back to OKC first, and we can maybe have one or two offerings, but yeah. we can't keep asking the same people to give us more money to do all of these things that we see are needed. And we're just not talking about bricks and mortar. We're, we're not just talking about buildings and structures. We're talking about social issues that we saw like water and nutrition sanitation and um education of these orphans because these kids are everywhere and so they captured our hearts very quickly and so we couldn't just say okay we're coming to build buildings um and not notice the kids and so luca really was formed out of a desire to do more than just the traditional work and witness. We're coming to build a structure with you, and then we're going home and then coming back to build a structure. So, Luca really goes on 365 days a year. Yeah. It's in, it's in somebody's conversation. It's in a, you know, a volley of emails that are going around. We're working on yeah. things. And so, Luca really exists to fund some of the social projects that the church is doing and working with the poor. So, Between those two things, it really is a full-time job, and you should just hire me here. (laughs) But since we're not having that conversation today. (laughs) We can certainly pay pay you less, (laughs) yeah.
0: We can continue that career track. Uh,
2: So all those things have really just evolved organically. That's not what we showed up looking for at all. Right. Um, But we've really just been open and willing to – Uh, feel those feelings and feel that um, obligation and responsibility to people that are in great need.
0: Yeah. The naming of this organization is a great story in and of itself. Yeah. Will you tell us that story?
2: Well, it's um, there was a boy that uh, when we were, the first time we were in Livingstone, the very first year we went in 2008, one of the kids... Brought a boy to me at the church and this boy had a he was probably about 10 or 11 and he had what looked like maybe a birth injury um, he's paralyzed on one side of his body and um, one of the other kids brought him to me and said um, will you help him because he he's going to have trouble he'll have trouble and so, will you help him? And so, immediately, I said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Without really realizing what that meant, I said, I'm not sure how, but we will work yes. to help him. Yes. Debbie
0: is a walking yes, by the way. <laughs>
2: um. So, and his name is Luca. Right. And so, Luca, we have seen Luca every time we have visited. He is now taller than me. And he is part of that church community, and the church takes care of him, which is Mm -hmm. how it should be.
0: That's right.
2: That's how Zambian culture works. There are not, um, you know, orphanages on every corner that are taking care of these 1.4 million orphans. Uh, If your neighbor dies from AIDS, you take in your neighbor's children. Mm -hmm. That's how orphans are cared for in that culture. And so. He's being cared for by the church and uh, the pastor and other adults in the church. So, um, you know, Luca really kind of just opened my eyes and I thought, okay, this is bigger than us, you know, putting up these yeah. blocks and putting in windows and doing the things that we're here to do. But the next year when we came back, we were touring All around the country, they took us to probably 10 or 15 different projects at different sites. And they said, this is a sample of this type of project. There's 50 of these going on around the country. But this is a sample of, you know, a child development center or a community school. So one day they took us out to this farm, uh, Chapongue Farm, Mm -hmm. which I've already told you about, the 20 acres. acres—and
0: It's now the conference center. It's now the conference
2: center. Before we turned down the road to go to the conference center, I looked over, and there was a hospital, and it said the Zambian Helper Society Hospital, and I thought, oh, wow, that would be really cool to own that uh-huh. and help help them, you know, yeah. for the church to own that, not right. me personally, but for the church to own that. Yeah. And um, underneath it, it said uh, Luca Montano mm-hmm. is the name of the village that's around there, and and so, that just stuck in my head. I have no idea why, because we literally drove hundreds of miles, and right. I saw lots of different projects. Anyway, so, uh, fast forward a couple of weeks, we're on the plane flying home, and I'm sitting next to this man from Italy, who spoke very little English. Um, and he, do you remember when I told you? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so I'm talking to him, and he um, worked for, I don't know, some fashion designer Mm-hmm. In Italy. Mm-hmm. And really big shot kind of a guy, and you could tell by the way he was dressed, very nicely dressed. And I was just making small talk conversation with him. And he said, I work with an organization, um, and my Italian accent is terrible, sorry. But <laughs> I work with an organization called Zambian Helper Society. And I said, Really? Do you have a hospital? And he said, Yes, we do. It's at the Luca Montano Village. And I said, Really? What? <laughs> I've been there, and he said you have, and so we had this really cool conversation, even with even less English than what I just described. Right. But um, he, I asked him what Luca Montano meant, and he said we do the thing together. Mm. So I love it. <laughs> that's when I turned around in my seat to John, and I said. Okay, I have a name for it. we got a name. (laughs) (laughs) So It's done. Yeah, yeah. It was a cool story. Very, very nicely tied up with a pretty bow on top.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. Now, and Luca has its own website. Yes. What is it?
2: Lucafoundation.org. It's L-U-K-A. Yeah. Foundation.org.
0: L-U-K-A, foundation.org. Zach, I'm going to adjust this. This feels like my spit screen (laughs) has moved quite a bit. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay, it just freaks me out. I mean,
1: it sounded
0: fun. Okay, but you can also you can also learn about our our Zambian effort um, through the the church website at okcfirst.com. It's under the Serve and then International Partnership.
2: Correct.
0: Is there too? Does that also that also get you to Luca eventually? You can get there. To is Luca a link? Yes. There. Yeah. Okay. Um, You've talked about the the conference center, but we have other interests there when we go, when we take trips. We have other interests, too. And we're going to get to some other voices, Zach, that we have there. But I want Debbie to introduce the, the other interests that we have there when we go.
2: Okay. So uh, through our repeated visits to the same areas, um, we've tried to reach out and visit new Places when we go, and so that just exposes us to a whole nother yeah. world of characters and just relentless pursuit of service. Uh, we've seen these pastors that are just doing incredible things. Pastor Benson, yeah. I think we might hear from him, he has a little church in an extremely impoverished area. Uh, in a corner of Lusaka. It's called Kenyama. And out of this church that literally is a block building, and I don't know if they have dirt floors. They might not have dirt floors, but uh, it's it's that primitive. It's a very primitive church building. But he started a school there because there were too many kids in the community that were not going to school. And so this school serves 1,600 children. And he has... Five classrooms that are no not much bigger than this room. That's true. Packed with maybe some benches. Many kids are standing or sitting on the floor. Very little light.
0: 40 and 50 and 60 kids. Yes. Yeah. It's
2: stifling hot yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, but that's their school, and they're happy to be there and yeah. they're eager to learn. And so the teachers may or may not be educated or certified. They may be community volunteers. But he didn't start a school because he had the resources or he was prepared. He just responded to the need that he saw. Right. And so that's what we see in many areas. All the time. Yeah, that's- I do
0: have a few words from Benson. Would you like to hear Benson and Benson's yes. own words? Yes. Okay. Here is Benson Maitwa, who's the pastor of the church there in Kenyama, but also... Uh, the, the headmaster of the school, the community school there.
3: All right, now go ahead. Thank you very much for the pastor of that church. We enjoyed very much to be with him at Kanyama Church of Nazarene and we enjoyed with, to be with him at Kanyama Community School. So with this, thank you very much. May God bless you and uh, bless your or your families. <laughs> okay. That's
0: great. Thank, so you. Thank, you, thank you, thank you. This is Benson Maitwa, who is the headmaster of this church and also the pastor, headmaster of the school and pastor of the church. And we always enjoy seeing you. And thank you for making such great improvements here. We will see you again. Thank you very okay. much. Thank you. Sir. Uh, that was that was Benson Maitwa. Just irrepressible energy, a constant smile on his face, always dreaming about what's next. Um, there'll be, there'll be another audio clip from you, Debbie, later on that talks about the next thing that Benson feels like the school needs. And it's a structural need actually to, to kind of save the, or protect the grounds there from, from flooding. But I've got another person here named Rose. She is the the head teacher. And if I'm remembering this correctly, she was one of the original teachers. We've, we've seen her every year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but now she's the head teacher and, um, She's just wonderfully sacrificial, and I wanted you to hear her too. This is Rose, she is the head teacher here, and she's been here for 12 years since it all started, and she's incredible. And so I just wanted you to have hear greetings from Rose the teacher.
3: Oh, greetings from Rose from Kanyama, Rusaka, Zambia. Yeah. We greet you here. We are so thankful for helping us. Whatever you are doing to us, we really enjoy. Well, thank you. Now, Please tell me, help
0: us. We will, we will continue to help. Tell us a little bit about what you do here. Now, what is your role here?
3: I'm a head teacher. Okay. Yes, I'm in charge of the Nazarene Community School. Right. Yes, and I'm looking after the 1,200 pupils oh, and 11 teachers.
0: 11 teachers. Now, yes. Do you do some of the training of the teachers as yes, well? Yes, we do. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and so uh, you are always and in, in, are in need of curriculum.
3: Yes, we use the the new culture. That's the one we are using. Okay. Yes. Because the government always comes in to see what we are doing. Right. Yes. Right. So we are moving us the government's curriculum, okay. we are doing everything. Whatever the government is doing, that's what we are also doing.
0: Okay. Yes. And the government has already. We are already a registered community yes, school with the
3: government. Yes, it's a registered community school. Okay. Yes.
0: I noticed some of the kids had uniforms. Do Do you guys make the uniforms here, and do they buy them, or how do they get their black and white uniforms?
3: They just buy some. They just buy them. Yes, okay. they just buy okay. some. The my reverend make and give just give out okay yes, so we make my, some
0: of them here yes okay do mm-hmm. the kids buy them if we make them here yes how much do you know how much they buy them for here?
3: For here, it's just uh, thirty kwacha. Thirty kwacha. Yes.
0: Okay, so for about Be-
3: because two. of the the are bon and right. orphans, we are just selling at thirty kwacha.
0: Thirty kwacha. You know, in the U.S., that's about two dollars and twenty cents. So that's a uniform that they'll keep all year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes.
0: Well, you're amazing, and yes. thank you for being here for twelve years yes, for I a am. long
1: time to yeah. help these kids. Yeah.
2: So
0: thank you very much. Welcome. So
2: here
3: for a camera, so.
1: all, uh, right. When people start uh, complimenting me and saying how amazing I am, I'm just going to start agreeing. Yes,
3: <laughs> yes,
0: Zach, thank you're amazing. Yes. Well, you're yeah. correct about well, that. yes, yes. Thank, you. yes. Well, yeah, thank you. Well, yes,
1: of course. Rose is truly amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and one of the things we do, Debbie, is we take we take curriculum over there. It's no small thing to get a donation of, of curriculum that's no longer being used here, right? Right. What do they What do they end up doing with that curriculum?
2: Well. It, They don't expect for each student to have a textbook or even a notebook. Right. So the teachers will use those as reference materials. And sometimes they've not really seen a textbook. So it's very helpful for them just to have that information for reference to use for teaching.
0: Right. Right. And as a matter of fact, um, you you won't be surprised by this, but I think that there is a chance that there will be a – a sort of a conglomerate of public school teachers that want to go back next year, mm. the next time that we go. And they they want to go every day to the school. Mm-hmm. Laura Hardy has already said to me, I, I'll i go back, but I kind of want to go every day to the school. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I said, okay. well, you talk to Debbie, I think we can no work problem. that out. Yeah. Now, Zach, um, you are going to be working in ministry long after Debbie and I are done. But here is pro tip A number one. <laughs> work with people who have so much passion they can't keep the tears back. Mm. Right. So, I want you to hear from our own Debbie. This is now Debbie. Debbie is legend there in Zambia, and <coughs> rightly so, because where, where Debbie goes, things happen, change happens. And it happens because Debbie feels, and you can, you're going to hear this in this next clip, she feels so deeply about things. We have a few of these folks on our team. <laughs> Debbie, for sure, is one of those people who has so much passion that it sort of spills over. And I'm going to play this, Debbie, but I kind of want you to talk about. Uh, how we can, in and real and tangible sorts of ways, help uh, back on this side. But but here here is Debbie, after having heard from Rose, after having heard from Benson, the headmaster, after having heard all these songs from all these classrooms, and after having asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And to hear people say, I want to be, well, we had a few say, I want to be a soccer player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but doctors and lawyers and scientists and pastors and teachers. Mm-hmm. And it was just stunning and humbling. And after that, um, this is what Debbie sounded like. start date, July 3rd, 209. We're just finishing up our tour of the Kinyama Community School. And you want to tell us, Debbie, kind of what we saw today and then what it is that we may be challenged to do in the near future?
2: So we got to come and see today the work that was done as a result of the offering that we took yeah. sometime last year when I came to the church and told about the story of this school about to be closed by the Ministry of Health. and. The church responded by giving more than we asked for. The money was sent immediately and the work was done and the school was not closed. So we got to see the tap uh, for clean water that they have in the middle of the courtyard of the school now. So we got to watch students draw water from that and the classrooms that now have floors and windows that were necessary for ventilation Uh, we saw some improvements to the toilets although they are uh, in great need of much more improvement and we have pictures to show you of that so you know exactly what we're talking about when we tell you what we've seen there and there are so many more needs here Uh, there is an issue of flood water that comes into this courtyard about 12 to 14 inches deep and that water comes from this entire compound or village uh, which is really a economically depressed part of the city and so that water is water that floods from all over but it comes from um, open uh, toilets pit latrines and so that is just a mixture of uh, raw sewage that floods in here in this courtyard and these children walk through that to go to school so Benson, Pastor Benson has a solution of a wall fence that would help divert the water from that. So that's a need that we'll be talking more about. And there's just um, many, many needs here. And these uh, some 1,600 children that attend school here uh, come to the Church of the Nazarene because we ask them to pay fees, but we don't require it. And if they can't, they can still come to school anyway, even though they don't have a uniform, they don't have shoes. Hmm.
0: 1,200 students, two sessions, and we got here during our first session and delayed their second session. I'm just giving Debbie a chance to recompose here.
2: So, um, these are our kids, and this is our work to do.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you. What was that, Debbie? Tell Tell me a bit more about what you were feeling there and now.
2: I don't know. It just gets me yeah. every time. Yeah. Uh, it's just hard to see and hard to leave um, knowing that we can make a big difference Yeah. if we just will.
0: A little bit goes a long way. Mm-hmm. We say that a lot. And so we recently came back and talked to the church about how to go about that little bit. That can go a long way. Can you tell us a bit more about that? How, how might somebody listening in, um, where might they go, and how what might that, that help look like?
2: We have a couple of programs that we've been working on for the last probably 12 months uh, to make sure that we're ready to receive donations and process them in a timely manner and be able to report back to donors and with some transparency and um, some degree of accuracy about what their money is doing and we're ready to do that and we really need 50 donors uh, because the needs at the school, some of them I described there, but um, more specifically, sanitation. Uh, The toilets that I described um, are really just a hole in the ground inside of a dark, what looks like a closet. Um, so, when you look at little four and five year old little girls and boys, that that's where their bathroom is during their school day. Yeah, uh, it's hard to leave that and come home. Yeah, and know that the next time I go back, it's going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, so, and so those types of things are what we want to work on with the school. They they know that they're deficient in these areas. They need more classrooms. They need... Uh, we haven't even talked about the teachers that work for no salary. right? So those teachers need to be paid. We need to be attracting certified teachers that right. actually have a certification in teaching. And so to do that, you have to have a salary. So these kids can't pay school fees. Right. The government does not provide money. So... Yeah, that leaves us, and so we have a mechanism to be able to do those things, and um, we haven't really even talked about nutrition either. But right. uh, these kids are malnourished; they have what's known as growth stunting, and that is prolonged malnutrition, so that their height they're actually stunted in their height. So it's not just that they're underweight, but they're just not growing. Right. So it's it's malnutrition. So we want to have a nutrition component to their school day, and um, so we have a mechanism in a way to do that now called community school scholarships. Right, and we are looking specifically for fifty donors to help us with that. 50 right, fifty
0: donors, mm-hmm. and and even if even if every one of those donors gave ten dollars a month, yep. But we are looking for monthly donors. So fifty partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a friend, another Debbie, who used to tell us that there's fundraising and then there's friend raising. Yes, and we're doing some friend raising here, and if we can find fifty friends. And these links will be available to us on the, the Facebook page and where we and in the the show notes mm-hmm. for this podcast. Uh, fifty folks to do ten or twenty five or fifty or hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. It just it will change the world. Mm-hmm. It will just change the world. Yeah. Uh, and we have some. We have got to start on that. But we need we need more, and we need OKC first and the friends of OKC first to do more. Um, we don't stay in Kenyama. We don't even stay in the Lusaka area. Eventually, we go to Livingstone, mm-hmm. where the first trip went. That's in the southern part of the where Victoria Falls is, where people jump yes. off that silly bridge yes. and <laughs> and all of that. But there's a church there, and I want you to describe for us. It's another voice we're going to hear, but describe for us uh, Smoke Chewe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Smoke Cheway is one of the main characters of this story. Yes. He has so much ambition and vision and passion for the needs of his community that I mean, he he's what, you know, hooked me and drew me in. He yeah. he yeah. just talking about what he wants to do in his community. He has he has built a school from nothing and it still had they still have great needs but there are some beautiful facets to that school
0: they have a library now
2: yes they have a library they have a beautiful new classroom block and um but they they cook outside yeah you know they cook outside over an open flame on an open pot and yeah. uh, they have all every bit of the nutrition needs that the other kids do same concentration of orphans that's who these Pastors are reaching out to. Yeah. So they have great needs. Uh, Pastor Smoke probably has access to a few more resources because of where he's at. He's in a tourist city yeah. rather than an impoverished area of a very large city like Lusaka. So, And he's got some partners that have been with him for many years that will fund projects. So he's he's been able to do a lot with a few resources. Um, but we are really partnering with him to work on a kitchen so that he can really um, develop, uh, further develop their nutrition program there. And he is working to develop some sustainability enterprises. So he has a hammer mill, but he wants a van. He wants a taxi service. And so those enterprises will provide the funds that support the school. So like you said, we're not creating dependency. Those are part of the conversations we have. How can we sustain this? Um, you know, after Debbie and John no longer go to Zambia, yeah. um, and it has to be them that yeah. are sustaining their projects. So, that's what we're working toward with them. And so, Kenyama and Livingstone are the two schools that we partner with. Right. We the have about mm-hmm. 2,200 students is what that means, that we are really committed to go um a lot of miles with you know we're in this for the long run and i think i think this will take us the rest of our lives to get some of this stuff done and you know we're looking at some new areas too there's another area that uh, we're doing a community assessment now and uh, there's a need for a school there there are kids there that are not going to school
0: a school there, kind of on site where the conference center is
2: that's what we're looking at that area around there so um You know, as hard as it is to stay on track and not, you know, you you literally have to put blinders on and say we can't go to every community and we can't meet all these needs or we can't even consider meeting all these needs we see. But we can certainly go where our church is and where our church people are and we can partner with them and work on the things that they find important. And
0: that is Kenyama for sure. You've heard the voices from Kenyama. But this is our man, Smoke Wei. Uh, there's a book that's kind of written about him uh, amongst all the, the the library of missionary books, and it's called The Smoke That Thunders, which is sort of a play on on uh, what the locals would call uh, Victoria Falls. They, they call it The Smoke That Thunders. Yeah. But this is our smoke, pastor smoke, uh, of the pastor of the Livingstone Church.
3: There you go. Um, my name is Leverence Smokchewe, uh, Church of the Nazarene, living in Zambia. I would like to thank the team for their continued support and to thank the whole team, those who remained in the Oklahoma Church of the Nazarene we just want to greet them in the name of Jesus, that the, may, let the almighty God continue to bless you as your brothers and sisters in Christ, even for the good works, for the prayers, we thank you, and we'll continue praying for you. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So that
0: Smoke Chewe, a great example of a, of a pastor who understands uh, that he is not just the guy who, who preaches. And by the way, there are several women pastors there as well, and more all the time, mm-hmm. but Smoke is not just the pastor who preaches on Sunday. He feels a real sense of responsibility for all of the needs that all of the people in his entire community might have. Yes. And so, you know, really, watching Zambian pastors take responsibility for um, the, the entirety of the person there and all the needs of a community inspired me. It changed mm-hmm. the way I do what I do here. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm, I'm more interested the, because of the Zambians, I'm more interested in the the community's needs around here, literacy, food security, those kinds of things. There's a real sense in which Zambia has impacted Oklahoma City, at least for this pastor, and others are concerned. Um, so we have the community school in Kenyama, which is a, a small community in the giant city of Lusaka. Mm-hmm. We have the community school in Livingstone, which is a tourist town about six hours or so by bus. Uh, south of Lusaka mm-hmm. and then back in, in Lusaka or at least just outside of Lusaka we have the training center um, Debbie the next next year we so every other year we take a trip so our next trip is in 2021 on um, the alternating years we send money to help them to complete and finish things if someone is listening to this whether they be from OKC First or outside and they say man I want to get involved right now but there's not a trip for a couple of years or what can I do to, to get involved right away? What would you have somebody do who wants to get involved?
2: Well, certainly visit the LUCA site, lucafoundation.org, right. and watch a couple of videos there that explain this work in more detail. See if that's where you're supposed to plug in right now, and maybe you're one of our 50 new friends. Yeah. Um, so that work is, you know, uh, and, and I feel a sense of urgency about that. And, and we've talked about that with the leaders that, you know, yes, all these kids need to be in school. But for that seven-year-old right now that's not in school, I mean, today matters. Oh, man. You know, yeah. two years go by or four years go by and he's not in school or she's not in school. So there is a real sense of urgency for these kids and um, to have the things they need and be able to thrive in school. So certainly check out Luca and it's L-U-K-A foundation dot org. Um, and then also, you know, we, we have some videos on our church side as well that, that kind of highlight our teams. Mm-hmm. And so you can certainly jump in on the next team right now. Right. So we will not start having meetings for a few months, but I would love to talk with you about what it's going to take to get you there. And uh, most people have to do some fundraising and right. sooner is always better than right. later. Uh, right John?
0: That's right. <laughs>
2: um, so you know that can't start too soon. Right. Uh, so either either way there's definitely a place for you to plug in right now today. For
0: sure. Our yeah. friend Mike Duke who is another guy who would say that his whole life was changed by going yeah. to Africa. Uh, just a few weeks ago when we did our report said 25 bucks a week. Mm-hmm. He started putting away 25 bucks a week and some people can't do that. Yeah. But a lot of people can. And Mike's put away $25 a week and for all intents and purposes uh, paid for his trip yep. over the course of, it was more than a year, but but in fact, it was pushing two years, but that's the way that he did it. Mm-hmm. And um, you can start now preparing for the summer of 2021. Correct. You can say it like that. Yes. It's August. As we record, it's August of 2019, and we'll go again probably, I don't know, June or July in
2: 2021.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and you can almost get there by setting back a little bit of money each week. Um,
2: yep, absolutely.
0: Now, I, I, we're going to get to rapid fire, but before we do rapid fire, Zach, you, you always put in here a really good question. Um, and I am really interested in this question and the answer. Your best hopes, mm-hmm. your best hopes for the people of Zambia and also for your church that is still learning to invest in, in Zambia. Maybe we should start there. But I really want to hear you talk about your best hopes for the people of Zambia, because I'm sure you can't keep the tears back.
2: <laughs> um, I think my best hope for my church is that we would all see yeah. what's right in front of us yeah. and learn to not look beyond or to look away. You know, at the parts that we can understand and we can fix. But to just really look, look it right in the face and know that we can't fix it all, but we can partner with people and and God to do the work that is before us. So that would be my hope for the church is that yeah. we would really just see it. Um, it's beautiful. And... Um, I think my best hope for our friends in Zambia that are experiencing great hardship and adversity and disadvantage is that the church, and not just the Nazarene church, but the church, would be able to even the playing field in some way for those in great need. And and I'm just thinking specifically about orphans and the people that care for them. It's such a great struggle. The first Mm -hmm. time we visited, or maybe not the first time, but one of the times we visited Pastor Benson's house, he pulled back a curtain and he showed me what looked like maybe the size of a small walk-in closet. It was maybe about six feet deep and about four feet wide, and it was dark and there was no light in it, and it was kind of a dusty floor, and he said... I have seven orphans that sleep in here every night. Oh. So I would just hope that they would have a chance some way.
0: Yeah. That sounds like justice. Even even in the the playing field. And it's not about bringing somebody down. It's about bringing somebody up. Mm Mm-hmm giving orphans and vulnerable children a chance. We we had a friend that we were working with there for a while, Gilbert. Um, he was our on-the-ground partner there for a while. Gilbert was an amazing Renaissance man there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fluent in the language of international grant and international aid and all that kind of thing, but also a pastor of several churches, come to find out, a district superintendent and someone who had 14 kids in his home uh, before he passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were able to go to his church, uh, one of the churches that, that he planted, um, and were able to sit and listen to his wife lead the music still. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget one of the songs that they wrote, that they wrote and then sang is, uh, I Love My Church, my precious loving church mm-hmm. and i and i bet gilbert and his i mean uh gilbert's wife and children who are still around that church i bet they have felt that love mm-hmm. from their so. from their church yeah. that was an amazing day yeah. i got to preach in that church mm-hmm. uh and it was an amazing thing to be in the presence of people who believe like we do that a church is supposed to do more than just care for the soul mm-hmm. but a is supposed to salvage the life and rescue. Oh.
2: I would even say that in, in doing these things and hoping for these things, it's not just about us, you know, taking clothes or shoes or giving them something, but being instrumental in changing systems that keep them on the outside. So by making sure that we have schools that welcome yeah. them that they belong to that are excellent yeah that you know offer them essential services like a toilet or a place to wash their hands or safe water to drink or one meal a day that has some nutrition to it rather than just something that fills their belly yeah so being part of changing that whole system uh, is ministry,
0: for sure. It's the kingdom. It's the gospel. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. I think that's right. I think being in Zambia and seeing how churches behave and how the theology and how the how kingdom theology manifests in care for the the orphan mm-hmm. um, manifests as attention given to real specific real life need i think it's informative i think it helps us um yeah. we're always pastored by
1: the zambians always what's next sounds like it's time for rapid fire questions, rapid we, took fire a, questions. We, we took a week off and um jeremy winty um he commented on our Instagram, and he is uh, enraged. He is oh. out crying. He needs his rapid fire questions. So oh, this did is we not do? We didn't do it. Oh, because, because it, was it was our thin places. It was thin places, and so Jeremy, this is for you. We are we're bringing it back. We we will we will move into rapid fire questions. Right. Here's how it works. These are. The fastest questions that we will ask all day, and uh, these are uh, stream of consciousness. These w- we have not prepared you in no, any way. For I'm this. scared. She had no, no clue that no this rehearsing. No. no rehearsing. I think right. all it said on the outline was rapid fire questions. Right. So, uh, so yeah. So John, why don't you kick us off? You're gonna you're gonna bat lead off. Yes. And um, hit away. Musical instrument that you wish you could play well.
2: Guitar. Okay.
1: Uh, if you could be any animal, what would it be and why? A marmot. Uh, why? <laughs> a marmot. <laughs> it's M A R M O T. Yeah. By the way, um, those of you looking that up, no. yes. marmot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why, why would you like to be a marmot?
2: I just think they're adorable and they live at the top of mountains and it's great up there. <laughs>
0: it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Um pet name that Dale calls you that you'd rather not tell us but you will because <laughs> you're on this <laughs> podcast.
2: Oh. Well, when he can't I, he really doesn't have a pet name. Like he calls me Deb, but, okay. but when he can't believe I did something so stupid, he calls me Debbie Ann.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> man. First name. That's about middle.
2: it. Yeah. First name and middle. Yeah. Yikes.
1: Uh, what do you do when you can't fall asleep?
2: Um, Read.
1: Read. Mm-hmm. John, what do you do when you can't fall asleep?
0: Um, I just stay awake. Drink coffee. Nope.
1: nope. <laughs> That's not the answer I was looking for. Um, I, I, uh, probably. I surf. There, there is a specific answer that I'm looking for that you told me one time. <laughs> Snore? No, you, <laughs> you inspired me. You said that you listen to your own sermons.
0: Oh. oh, that's good. Yeah, when I can't go to sleep, I listen to my own sermons. It really it puts does need to sleep. I've yeah. done it. Really?
1: I have. Okay.
0: That's Mostly because I've heard them already. Oh, okay. nothing All against right. you. Your favorite restaurant in town, um to go to when you and Dale have a night just to go to the, your favorite restaurant?
2: Gosh, I really can't even remember the last time we did that. But if we were to do that, uh, we would probably just go like to Tucker's or somewhere exciting like that.
1: <laughs> Tucker's is the best burger in Oklahoma City. It that is the is. best burger, I and I am going to have to place a call to Dale, though. <laughs> wow. Uh, what is the lowest amount of money it would take for you to shave your head?
2: Oh, well, what's the cause?
1: Uh, wow. Um, yeah, that would yeah, be that. It's not the money for her, it's to not be the, the cause. Money. Man, she's yeah. just better than all of us.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have significant Christians on our staff. gosh. At least one of us in this room is a significant Christian. <laughs> Your favorite book about ministering in Zambia? Oh,
2: okay. Um, Well, it's because I read it on the plane trip home that we that the whole conversation with the Italian happened is Ragamuffin Gospel.
0: Oh, that's really. good. I was
2: reading it. Remember, I kept turning around to you, going, "This sounds just like you wrote this."
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love. That's one of my top
1: three most formative books for sure. It's It's good good. Yeah. Last question: What is your favorite place to go to, or where is your favorite place to go to in Zambia?
2: Oh gosh. That's like asking me to pick my favorite child. I can't do it. Well, just
0: list a couple then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me me like a top bunch. Um, my
2: favorite places are all the places we've talked about. You know, Kenyamas Community School, Livingstone, the church, the school, Chipongwe, all the villages around there.
0: I I really think the porch that we're, you know, on that building that we're currently almost finished. I mean, it might be finished when we go back. You never know. Or maybe we'll finish it. Yeah. But that porch where we could sip coffee together and Mm -hmm. with the folks who come to work with us, folks like Clement that we didn't get a chance to talk very much Mm -hmm. about, maybe we will in the future. That'll be one of my favorite places. But I like the zigzag outdoorish kind of restaurant Mm -hmm. there. And I love Victoria Falls. But I really like being at the Livingstone Church. So Dale and the crew who went in 2008. Figure out a way to put a glass block cross in the at the front of that church, and it just gets me every time. Mm-hmm. It's just so striking, mm-hmm. and it's such a, it's unique in in the churches that we're in. At least it's yeah. a very unique mark. Yeah. and that to me that's kind of where our partnership started with that glass block. Yep. Cross.
1: Man. Yep. Really sounds good. like a good place uh, for us to to sign off and end. Uh, right. Debbie, thank you so much for being here. This has been amazing.
2: Love it. Thank you for having
1: me. Thanks, John. As always, Zach, it's been a pleasure, and thank you for hosting us. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time.